0: Now back to Bet MGM
1: tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM.
2: Ryan Horvath, Nick Ashew tonight. Bet MGM tonight. Counting down the days till we get to Vegas, my friend. I looked; the weather's starting to get better. By the way, it's starting to like not look as cold. The weather, getting up to like maybe sixty. Not as much it's rain. So yeah. So you know, we're just gonna cross our fingers. It'll it'll be fine. The, the pools are heated any, anyway, so we'll be good. And we got hours before the show starts even then, so we'll be all right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got nothing to worry about.
2: And even if we're stuck inside, there's plenty to do. Don't
1: worry. Don't worry.
2: Uh yes. Yeah. The one good thing is bad weather in Vegas does not limit your uh, your activities and what you can do. Though I really would like to take you on one of those off-roading things you can do outside we're of not Vegas, doing but that. you're uh, you're refusing to do it. I, I I I how much would it take? How much do we have to pay you for you to do something like that?
1: go off-roading not all the money in the world probably doesn't get me to do it man. like I wouldn't go skydiving all the money in the world because I would die my heart would explode I would I there's like I have to enjoy the money and I don't think I'd be able to handle it I'm a big wimp
2: All right. Well, you know what? At least you're willing to admit it and that's fine. So, we'll, we'll work on that.
1: All right. We're joined by Odyssey NFL Insider
2: Jason Lockenfor, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, in the huddle with Brian Baldinger and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL 1057 the fan uh, as well and uh, BetMGM game day. I, there, there's, he does pretty much everything and is as tuned in as it comes to in the NFL. Uh, we'll get to the game in a minute. We obviously got plenty of time. It's still like a week and a half till we get there. But I want to talk about the coaching situation going on in the NFL right now. We're down to Washington. The last team that does not have a head coach. Yes, this is near and dear to my heart. Yes, I'm trying to stay positive and hoping that this is all different because it should be different from where it used to be. Mike McDonald leaves Baltimore, takes the head coaching job in Seattle. Do you like that hire? And... What's next for Washington? Who's there with the last vacancy being them?
0: Well, I do like to hire a lot. Um, and I did a lot of reporting on on this um, upcoming coaching cycle, you know, for one of my other gigs at the Washington Post. Really, dating back to October, I've been talking to people about this group of potential coaches, and I didn't think Belichick would get a job. I thought Harbaugh would have a very limited market, and he did. Um but I also thought that, you know, of the guys who haven't done it before, the the rising coordinators, Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald, like I'd have been shocked if they didn't get offered jobs. Like I, I have been shocked if they weren't head coaches. Um, and so good on John Schneider, you know, who I think early on, you know, there's some people who he knew in this league really well, like a Mike Vrabel, like a Dan Quinn, you know, who they obviously talked to. Um, I think they like many other teams, the Panthers, the Titans, the uh, commanders in a perfect world, you know, were really inclined to what ben, to, to, to lean into what Ben Johnson could do for them and the quarterback position and the offensive side of the ball. But obviously he took himself out of contention. So I love what Seattle did, frankly. Um, and I think if a guy like Pete Carroll is willing to hang around there uh, in, in a consultant role, all the better, right? This super young first time head coach who, who honestly uses, you know, he doesn't use cover three, cover six, as much as Pete Carroll did. I don't think he's as beholden to certain, you know, coverages as Pete Carroll was, but certainly he used a lot of Pete Carroll stuff this year. McDonald did, especially in that game against San Francisco, right? A team he's going to have to beat. If he's going to get to the promised land in Seattle, like he threw a lot of those looks uh, at Purdy and had him seeing ghosts and, and had him wondering, you know, what was real and what wasn't. So I think it's a great hire. Uh, We'll see about the offensive side of the ball. That's where concerns are going to lie, right? Who is he aligning himself with at the offensive coordinator position? Is he taking somebody like T. Martin from the Baltimore staff with him? Is there somebody more experienced he might be able to connect with? And we'll see. And ultimately, I think they're going to have to decide, you know, is Gino really patchwork for another year or two? You know, how quickly do we need to um, find our quarterback in the future? Look, I thought the Washington job was very compelling. I don't know if things are going sideways in these interviews. I don't know if this you know, hiring group is having difficulty connecting with candidates or, or getting them to see um, the inherent potential of this job, because I think it's a sleeping giant franchise. Uh, it's, it's, it hasn't gone the way I thought it would go. Uh, that doesn't mean that they still can't do better than where they've been, right? It's a low bar to clear. Uh, In terms of who you talk to, like Leslie Frazier for me as an NFL head coach, like things have gone a little odd for him the last couple of hiring cycles. But, you know, I think Leslie Frazier could put together a a great staff and you could win football, you know, and and help try to fix your defense and get you going. Um, How open minded do you want to be? Like if you're really all about this second overall pick being a quarterback. I mean, can you can you can you get an audience with Lane Kiffin? You know, I don't know. Like I would think at this point I would be thinking outside the box, uh, you know, in, in terms of guys who haven't done it before. I mean, that's kind of been picked through. Right. The Slovaks of the world decided they want to stay. You know, a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball in terms of first time coordinators, you know, they're not there. You, you could certainly give it to Mike Vrabel. I'd have questions about who's developing the quarterback for him. Right. Maybe in a perfect world, that was Arthur Smith, who did a really good job with the quarterback transition. From Mariota to Tannehill in Tennessee. Obviously that's not gonna happen now. You know, Arthur Smith is is in um Pittsburgh. Could you get Kafka as the offensive coordinator and Vrabel's the head coach? I mean there there are certainly options. Um but it it it's been it's been circuitous to say the least.
1: What's next for the Ravens? How did the Ravens get better? Because, I mean, already you had home field advantage and you couldn't close the door. I thought, really, like, as crazy as it sounds, if Greg Roman was calling plays last weekend, oh, yeah. last Sunday, if, they, they the might game. have won that game, yeah. man. You know, like, they oh, abandoned yeah. the run. So, like, what's next? And,
0: because we talked you about more than it it to weapons. to Wait, right. <laughs> to abandon it, you would have once had to actually attempt it. They yeah. systematically, categorically denied the existence of running games. They, they were agnostic towards the ability or willingness to run the football. They they, they they denied the possibility to themselves. Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: It didn't make any sense, man. Like, it didn't make any sense. And no. So, now what do you do this offseason, right? You already lose your defensive coordinator. And now on the offensive side of the ball, you know, we talked about Todd Munkin all season long and the improved weapons. But, man, Odell Beckham Jr., Didn't do anything in that game. I like Zay Flowers, you know, despite the fumble. So, you know, how do they get better or how do they get back to just where they were this year and then capitalize and actually get the job done if they have home field advantage? What do you think their plan is here? I I mean,
0: yeah, look, the bottom line is a healthy Lamar Jackson is 11 or 12 wins and you're in the dance. So, I mean, they've got a lot going for them. Um, You know, they've lost Mike McDonald. If I were them, I would have already done whatever I had to do to get Denard Wilson their secondary coach off the road and made him my defensive coordinator already like i don't want him interviewing for anybody else's defensive coordinator jobs you know he signed a one-year deal here he left philadelphia you saw what happened to the eagles secondary when he left you saw what happened to the ravens secondary when he got here like to me it's a no-brainer i mean anthony weaver he's a nice coach whatever d-line coach no i, I need my back end needs to be airtight like we got burrow in this conference we got mahomes in this conference we got Allen in this conference. Now we've got a real coach with Herbert in this conference. Like, no, I, I, my, my coverage, I, I've got to lock it up in the back end. Um, yeah. So I, I think they've got to – I mean, if they don't hire Denard Wilson, I think they're making a big mistake. Uh, look, uh, it's kind of the same old with them. They need pass rushers on the edge, and they need wide receivers. Like, they need the perimeter. The perimeter has been a problem for them for a long time. Even if they bring Javion Clowney back, History will tell you, you ain't getting back-to-back seasons out of Jadavion Clowning like you just got. I mean, the odds of him even playing more than ten games next year would be light. You know, Van Noy, you're not getting another season like that. Um, they need corners. It's it's really it's it's out there. Wide receiver. I mean, Rashad Bateman, Lamar Jackson has a career passer rating of sixty-nine point two, throwing to Rashad Bateman. That's a first-round pick wide receiver through three full seasons in the playoffs. Sixty-nine point two. This is an MVP quarterback. Nothing good happens when he throws the ball to Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman's got to go. Odell Beckham, it was a cute experiment, 15 million bucks. You got to go. Nelson Aguilar, if he's back as the four, that's fine, but he better be your four. Um, You know, It. it but, but look, they're a good franchise. They're a good team. Uh, and when they get to the playoffs next year, if the offensive coordinator does that again, he needs to be terminated after the game. <laughs>
2: Talking to Jason Lockett for BetMGM tonight. Uh, Great. The last couple of seasons, we've had a quarterback carousel that's looked almost like the NBA offseason where stars have moved to teams and we usually don't yeah. see that with franchise quarterbacks, although I don't know what we call Russell Wilson now at this point in his career. But now that we've kind of moved past the majority of the coaching situation, draft, offseason, senior bowls going on, we're starting to hear a little bit more about maybe reports at least of what teams could be considering doing this offseason. What do you think the quarterback situation looks like this offseason in the NFL with obviously a lot of guys that have a lot of at least yeah. potential in the first round of the NFL draft?
0: Well, there's going to be probably at least five. I'd say definitely at least five, maybe six in the first round. So, you know, that that's going to happen, and the, the run's going to start right away. And it could, be five, it could be four in the top ten, maybe even five, just depending on, you know, how – who makes trades and if there's some jostling within the top 10 for, you know, teams that are sitting there currently that don't have an overt need that trade out for somebody that does. Um, it's not what we, we've been very spoiled. These have been bizarre quarterback years dating back to really, you know, Brady's exit from uh, New England. We don't have anything like that going on this time. To me, the most interesting one is Justin Fields and who lands him. You know, is that the Raiders? Is that the Steelers? Is that the Falcons? I mean, any one of those teams get him, I think it, it, it immediately um, vault, vaults them to um, much more of a contender status. For me, I don't see him back in Chicago. They're going to we all know what they're going to do. Um, you know, Cousins, you know, is, is the I guess the biggest fish in the free agent. Group, there's not a whole lot there. You know, you're really looking at guys like Cousins who are injured or, or kind of breaking down, right? I mean, Garoppolo, you know, Tannehill, like Tyler Huntley, you know, Josh Dobbs, like it. there's not a whole lot out there. You know, Gardner Minshew, right? Like Gardner Minshew is probably pretty well positioned in this group, just given, you know, who he's up against. But yeah, most of the teams that are looking to solve this riddle will be trying to do it through the draft and again, it's going to start with Caleb Williams one and then, you know, whether it's Daniels or May 2, whoever doesn't go 2 probably goes 3,
1: um, and away we go. Jason, we got plenty of time to talk about the uh about the Super Bowl. So actually, I'd rather ask you about the Detroit Lions because I think already, I mean, bringing back Ben Johnson is huge because I expected some regression if they lost him and it's, you know, even if yeah. you like Dan C- well, it's just Dan Campbell and his cromies, a bunch of former players. Like, you would feel like the brains are leaving, kind of like what happened in Philadelphia uh, when they lost Shane Steichen. So do you feel like the, you know, the window's still open for Detroit? You know, they can only get better from here, especially in a weak NFC. San Francisco's probably going to lose yep. some guys from this team. How do you feel about Detroit going into the next year now that Ben Johnson's going back?
0: I, I think they're really well positioned. And yeah, it's huge for them that Johnson is back because they've been trying to get a deal done with golf since before the start of last season. A lot of people thought it was going to happen. Around the midpoint of the season, maybe around their buy it still hasn't happened, but it's going to happen. So you'd love to at least get a year of golf. You know, when you buy new money now, you're throwing at golf. You'd love to at least have one year of what of a known thing, right? And the known thing is Jerry Golf and Ben Johnson's offense, and they're going to get that for at least you know moving forward another year, maybe two. um What do they need? Are they need another. You give them someone opposite Hutchinson. Uh, who can rush the passer Um, and you know some tweaking in the secondary but otherwise I I think the way they're built like it's 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 pretty replicable right like the way they win games their template for success they're kind of built to do it and they're built to bully you a multiplicity in the run game they've got a great offensive line they're a dome team that's built To win non-finesse football games in that division, where you play in climate, where you play in weather, so I, yeah, I in the NFC, it is what it is. I mean, we'll see what happens after free agency in the draft, and if we're looking over there, saying there's more teams we really believe in, um, and certainly Green Bay is on the come, um, but they, you know, they play Green Bay okay. Uh, So yeah, I think we know where they need to get better, right? They they need to get some guys to help them rush the passer. And they need to defend the ball in the air a little bit better. But the way they've been acquiring talent, I, I wouldn't bet against it. All
2: right, Jason, still got about a minute here or so. It's a polarizing topic. Everybody's got an opinion on it. Where are you on Brock Purdy at this point from what we've seen? You all in?
0: All in? I, I Look, he's, he's a very good quarterback. There's no two mm-hmm. ways about it. Um, I also think he's a very lucky quarterback in a lot of ways, from mm. who he's with to how they – protect him to how he's incubated to everything else um but i I think you know the the extending the plays with the legs like if that becomes more of a thing for him and and he is showing his athleticism a little more i think you know that'll be important but i i still like you, you just look at some of the advanced metrics for him really since the baltimore game and it's like this guy's got a horseshoe up his ass. Like, it, 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 you know what I mean? Like, you look at the off-target <laughs> throws, you know? You look at the potential yeah. interceptions. It's – but he's winning games.
2: I know. It's – and it's it's just – I feel like it's always going to be the narrative that surrounds his career. You look at the system. You look at the coach. You look at the talent. So, we'll see. Jason four always great to talk to you, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. And make sure you follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast. Great way to describe it, Ryan. Having a horseshoe up your ass. That is Brock Purdy. Bet MGM the night.